Welcome to season three of This Is Your Life in Silicon Valley, a podcast about the Bay Area, technology, and culture. I'm your host, Sunil Rajaraman, and I'm joined by my co-host, Yasha Kekiswal. Hey, Sunil. Hey. Hey, um, do you have like a favorite neighborhood in San Francisco? Or like maybe a favorite place to go? Um. Well, I have, I have lots of places I, I love to go. I'm very, very fond of uh, 18th and Treat in the Mission because it was our very first startup office. Ooh, I love that. So we have a really cool guest today, somebody who is a sixth-generation San Franciscan. That's, I mean, that's rare at all to find even San Francisco these days. It's unbelievably rare. And I think that the people that we've met that have been on this podcast who have stayed in the city all um, want to make sure that they're giving back to the city in some capacity. Like there's a there's a very real connection of wanting to give back. And, you know, we've had uh, guests from the city in the past, including city attorney, uh, Dennis Herrera. Mm-hmm. And so it's really good uh, to welcome Gina in today's podcast. So Gina has been in San Francisco for 56 years, as she told me. And over the course of her life, she spent time uh, running the YMCA in the East Bay. She's been in different parts of uh, different uh, not-for-profit organizations that are helping families in San Francisco. And, and not too long ago, she joined the Children's Council here in San Francisco. Did you know anything about the Children's Council before this conversation? I did not. I didn't either. So this is a pretty interesting problem. Like we're younger families, like we are, kind of we represent younger families. Um, we are fortunate in that we've had a lot of different opportunities here. Most families that are here actually sit right around the poverty line. I didn't realize that. I actually didn't even know what the poverty line was in San Francisco. Do you know what that is? I, I would guess it's some insane number. $117,000 a year. And $117,000 a year feels like it should be easy to be able to live anywhere. In San Francisco, it's pretty expensive, but there's something that's a hidden cost that most of us don't know about. That's having childcare. We have a lot of conversations with people who are in the tech world in this podcast. And one thing we should do more of is have conversations like this with Gina. I think so too. Um, I hope you enjoy this conversation today. Gina, thank you for being here today. Thank you. I appreciate you taking the time and hanging out in our tiny little closet with us. <laughs> it's not that bad today. It's beautiful outside. It's gorgeous. Right? But today is not that bad. Um, so uh, I'm curious, and I actually know the answer to this, but our listeners don't yet. Did you grow up in San Francisco? I was born and raised in Bayview Hunters Point, and I am a sixth-generation San Franciscan. Now, when you said that to me, uh, I was shocked. I was I sixth know. generation. Yeah, 1830s. And uh, what what's that like as a child growing up in San Francisco, knowing that your family's roots for multiple generations are here in this city? For me, it's about the you know growing up in all the poverty zones in San Francisco. Mm-hmm. That's where my family grew up, and so when a Western Edition was the Western Edition back in the day, and Baby Hunters Point, you know, um, Betrayal Hill, those areas are areas where my playgrounds, you know, growing up and. I've seen a lot of change over the years, um, decades yeah. of change. And raising three boys at the time in this city, in some of these areas, it was dangerous. Yeah. And so finding a safe place for them to be, not only in school but after school, was critical. It was like waking up and eating breakfast. You know? Yeah. And so, um, was that true for all of your family? Is that true for your parents as well? Like, were they thinking about how they take care of the kids? Generational poverty. And my mother yeah. actually went into early care and education, became a teacher. Mm-hmm. And so it was here in San Francisco, here in San Francisco, in Bayview. And so it was a center-based um, facility. And so all of us went through there, yeah. all of our kids. And so we had a once they made two year, two point nine years old, we mm-hmm. had a place for them. 
Did um, did you ever at any point as a child say, "Well, this is this is my home. This is where my family has been from for a while now, but I want to leave." I never wanted to leave the city. Um, and to be honest, um, with my three boys at the time living in Bayview, and I saw all the violence and all the murders happening, and I didn't want to lose my boys. And I, I met my husband, and he moved me out to San Rafael. We bought a home out there. But mm-hmm. I've always stayed connected to the city. My job has always been here. What it, What is it? What is it about San Francisco that's kept you here? It's, it's addictive in a way. Yeah. You know, the water, the, the diversity, the... The microcosms of communities. You know, you go to the mission, you see this rich culture there. You go to Bayview. Rich culture like tech bros? <laughs> now, right. But back then, it was rich in, in Latin community and culture and mm-hmm. food. And it's not that it's not there anymore, but it was very distinct community. Yeah. You went to Bayview, it was African-American homeowners and um, projects. And, you know, it, it was very distinct. I'm not saying it's good or bad, but... Yeah. And that's what I grew up in. And yeah. so we had to travel four buses to get to certain communities. Did you have a favorite part of San Francisco growing up? The Presidio. Yeah. My grandmother was, grew up in Cow Hollow, what they called it. Yeah. Um, and then moved over to Westside um, in, in the Western Edition. But we used to catch five buses to get out there and be on the water. My mom would sit under the trees and read books. And we would just play and get on the bus and go back um, to Bayview. And that, for me, was the most fulfilling thing as a kid. Yeah. Growing up in our city, really seeing the areas and how other people lived. You can be in these communities and not know that we have a Golden Gate Park the way it looks or the Golden Gate, get, Golden Gate Bridge. Yeah. I didn't know anything about the Golden Gate Bridge until I got to be an adult. Isn't that sad? Well, um, maybe it's sad. I don't know. There's something about the spread outedness, maybe yeah. that's not a word, of the Bay Area that I think does that a little bit to you. Right. I lived here 20 years ago for okay. the first time. Uh-huh. And I lived in the peninsula, which maybe mm-hmm. maybe we don't consider the Bay Area, but right. definitely Silicon Valley. And I, in all sincerity, didn't know that there was anything north of the Golden Gate Bridge. Wow. Like if you had to get to Napa or Sonoma, yeah. you had to go all the way up to 880 and like right. that way. Right. I just didn't know there was anything up there. Exactly. I didn't really know Marin existed. And when we moved back as a family about 12 years ago, we uh, experienced Marin for the first time. And maybe it was kind of where we were in our lives, but right. we completely fell in love with that area, that kind of yes. Marin and Southern Sonoma area. And it's uh, it's pretty amazing. To, it's amazing. To, this is part of where we live. Right. This is area. Our, our Bay Area. These nine counties are along the water. It's it's truly amazing. And again, I think it's such diversity here, and I think mm-hmm. people want to come. But the reality is, we're getting priced out. And yeah. for families and for children living here, you know, we want to be a family friendly city. We've yeah. always been a family friendly city. No matter where you lived in San Francisco. You could find a place to play yeah. as a child. You're kind of an authority on families in the Bay Area now. I think so. Can you talk a little bit about your organization? It's pretty unique. So the Children's Council of San Francisco is an organization that was founded on the fight. The fight that, you know, we don't have enough services and supports for families to find childcare in this city. And that's how it started. Women in the, women in the bottom of a, uh, a garage getting together and saying, we need to do something about this. How do we help women go back to work? And go to school and become, you know, what they want to be, and not being, you know, you can have a cho- they have a choice. Give uh-huh. them their choice back, and um, that's when how we found it. When did that start? In nineteen early seventies, nice. the early seventies. We got some help 70s. here. We got help. some help. I had to look, phone a friend. Look at some early <laughs> forty six years ago, so early seventies. Yeah. So seventy years ago, a group of women said, "We want a, a path to be able to get back into the workplace." And we're going to focus on a child care switchboard. We want families to be able to call mm. in and say, where do I go? How do I get help? Yeah. And it mostly it was mostly women at the time. Uh-huh. 
But they were ready, and that was in the 70s. They were ready to, to change their lives and go back to work and go to school. And the women who decided, it was their choice. It was a choice for them. But when you don't have that choice in front of you, you feel stuck. Yeah. And how did you find them? Well, I was a young mom at the time with three kids. Mm-hmm. And I was one of those you know, single moms at the time that said, you know, I'm tired of poverty. I want out. And seeing my mom master her AA degree in in poverty, I wanted different. I wanted more for my kids. And so um, I, this woman said, you better go to the Children's Council. They were at another location. Mm-hmm. I had my three kids. We got on a bus. I remember it distinctly. Went upstairs uh, to the second floor um, down on Montgomery. And um, on Second Street, I'm sorry. And the kids were being very rambunctious. And the woman said, I'll get you some help. A woman came out. We talked. She gave me a brochure. I walked away with at least three to five places I can send my kids. Now, you know, safety is an issue. You worry about where you, you know, where you send your kids. And I vetted a few places, and it was one name that my mother knew. And she's a teacher. Uh-huh. And um, she said, you got to go to Ethel. And all my kids went to Ethel. Yeah. And it was right up the street from her center. So as they aged out, they went right to the Child Development Center. I don't know what I would have done at that moment. I went straight. I was at San Francisco State University. I had three kids on my journey through school, and it was the best thing for me. I I felt like I was taking control back of my life and that somebody wasn't telling me what I needed to do. I was actually dictating that. And and my my kids also saw that I was determined, and that helps. When kids see their parents determined to do something, and and they follow through with it. See a little bit of drive there from your parents is a good thing. I to think, see. and my mom, she was amazing. From from the 1970s, if if a switchboard is the way to help a community of women kind of be back in the workforce, if that's what's most important, how does that change over time? Like from the 70s and the 80s and the 80s and the 90s, how does this organization change or grow? Well, we're more than just a switchboard. You know, mm-hmm. it's really about the child at the center of all this now. You know, before it was like let's get the families, the parents back to work and give them what they need to be successful. But, you know, at the core of all of that is the child. And early care and education is one of the most important things you can do for your child because between zero and five, 90% of the brain has been developed at that time. And I don't think we think about it in that way. And so having that exposure for kids, kids live in families, families live in communities, communities exist in cities, cities exist in states. So all these things are connected around this child. And so they have to work Mm -hmm. for the child. And once we elevated the child at the center of our work at the Children's Council, we do parent cafes. We have uh, workshops for nannies, actually, to come because we know a lot of people have choice. Mm-hmm. And, you know, nannies need, for example, CPR and, and different things. And so we offer that. You know, we want to meet families where they are. Yeah. And no matter, you know, if you're a, fa- a mom just deciding to go back to work and get off these, you know, these systems and, you know, try to make your life work in a different way, we're going to be there for them. And if you're the mom who's deciding to stay home and needs a nanny just to, so she can go out into her exercise class, sure. we can help there as well. It's, it's about meeting families where they are around the child. But you've been in the Bay Area for your whole life, so you've seen the changes that have happened here over your lifetime. Mm-hmm. It feels like, I, I've only been here back again for the last decade, but it feels mm-hmm. like there's an acceleration of change in the Bay Area. And, and, and let me be really clear, I think that there are a lot of people moving into the Bay Area that aren't from here, right. myself included. Right. And and we're kind of changing the demographics of the area we're uh, able to afford because of the technology companies that we work for different places. Right. Is it changing the focus for your organization and the makeup of families in the Bay Area? Or it really, maybe we'll talk about San Francisco first, then we can talk about the yeah, Bay Area. Yeah, you know, I still think San Francisco is a family-friendly city, and it, it, it 
We have a lot more work to do. Really? You the really mayor, think it's a... I do because the mayor, the mayor right now is realizing that, you know, we're losing families in droves. There's, a, there was, there's been a mass exodus out of the city for the past 20 years. And I, I, I see it differently. I see families coming back to San Francisco. However, if rent is sky high and, you know, child care is at 30% of your income, how can you really exist here, right? right? And so, yes, families. Are you just an optimist? I mean, is that really true? Are families really coming back into the city? I, I met a lot of women that just decided to come back. They have jobs. Uh-huh. They have one or two children. And, you know, they're, they're making, I would say they're middle income, uh-huh. upper middle, but they're still struggling yeah. here. And they still need help and they need resources. And so we, we passed on our child care finder. It's, uh, we have a, uh, a website that people can go to to look for child care on their own. Mm-hmm. And that was very helpful for them. And, you know, it's a, it's a trick question because I live in community. I see a lot of kids in admission. Yeah. I see a lot of kids in Bayview. I see many kids in Excelsior District in San Francisco. But when I come down here by the water, I don't see any kids. Right. We have a lot of people moving into our city to work in tech. Mm-hmm. And do they own our city? Do they feel connected to our city? How do we get them more connected to what's, advantageous for all of us is that all children deserve a chance and it's beneficial. Mm -hmm. If you don't do something for this child now, he's going to end up in your backyard breaking down your window potentially, Mm -hmm. right? So the more we can do further upstream with our kids and that everybody takes an all hands on deck approach, whether it's Google, Salesforce, tech, the tech industry, businesses, understanding you're not going to fill your, your vacancies. People can't afford to live here. Yeah. And so let's figure this out together. Are, are tech companies doing enough to support families in San Francisco? I think they have choices, and mm-hmm. their choices are to build facilities or work with different organizations that come in and put facilities in their building. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure how that is helping the overall ecosystem. Yeah. I would like to see them more part of an ecosystem and invest resources in sort of a, a strategy that would fund people in the middle. Okay. You know, people who don't meet the criteria for a subsidy, but might stay if they got a, a sort of a subsidy, right? Yeah. Because, it, you know, no matter how much you make, it's what, 117000 low income in the city, you know? It takes 147000 for a family of two to survive. Mm-hmm. So the number goes, they go, it goes up higher and higher when you consider a third of your income for child care. So tech companies aren't doing enough for families in the city. That's okay to say yeah, that. It's, it's, right? it's okay, but I think they're doing it within their realm. Okay. I think as far as part of an ecosystem, not contributing to the ecosystem I think they the need to be a part of an ecosystem that can really help all children mm-hmm. in San Francisco. Our goal is that all children have the opportunity to reach their full potential and thrive. Yeah. That means we all have to be on deck with that zero to five, not just K through 12. Now, if I'm if I'm Mark Benioff and I'm uh, responsible for Salesforce in whatever capacity is responsible for Salesforce now, I think it just changed the rules or something. Yeah. Um, what what should I be doing? Like, what should I be contributing into your organization? Should I be investing in schools, charter schools? Like, what what should I be thinking about if I'm if I'm a person who can direct the resources of my company mm-hmm. to support families better in the Bay Area, and not just the people that work in my company, but right. the ecosystem that right, they right. exist and thrive within? Right. What should I be doing? Well, bringing other businesses together to see the value in. Um, supporting the ecosystem and and how that connects to their own workers, mm-hmm. you know. So is that like co- cooperative childcare or what, like what? It's what's that really it's more about? about them understanding as businesses how it benefits them. Mm-hmm. If you have workers that can afford to stay in this city and they have childcare and they don't have to worry about and and you invest in um, strategies that will support that. Sometimes it's, you know everybody doesn't work nine to five. Yeah. For example, non traditional hours. Maybe there's a place that can take kids from 9 to 12. 
because mm-hmm. many parents work that late. Sure. And so just being able to be at the table and hear all of the issues and be willing to invest in it. He's been very supportive in investing in K-12 education. Mark Benioff in particular. Yes, mm-hmm. very much so. They have a great department foundation. I would like to see more on the uh, zero to five zone. Got it. So, so um, technology uh, kind of... Well, let's see. People in technology who have the ability to make investments need to first come to the table and understand what's going on. That's kind of the yes. first part of the answer. Second part is uh, if they can direct resources, where do they put them? Are there organizations that they should be investing in? Is it developing cooperatives? Is it developing childcare? Like what? Mm-hmm. What's the do? What's the do that you need technology companies? Well, there's a supply and demand issue, Yasha, in our mm-hmm. city where there's not enough providers in the first place, and okay. so creating sort of a business incubator where we're we're investing more in teacher salaries. Okay. On the on the zero to five zone, so. So they can they want to become early care educators mm-hmm. that is a, a big huge problem if we don't have enough you know demand supply we can't meet the demand yeah. so that's that's one issue does that look like a private school for zero to five or a child care what's that family daycare in the okay. city we have a thousand providers 300 of them are centers uh-huh. and about 700 more fam- family daycare providers so i'm opening up my home to 12 kids okay Mom can drop them off. It's nurturing. It's all kind of amazing things going on. They trust. The kids are happy. They're learning. They have books. Got it. That that sort of environment. We can do. Can you imagine that growing a, a thousand? Okay. And to incubate, the, you know, the, you have to bring in more resources for teachers. Got it. You know, teacher salaries and making sure we're paying them well. Yeah, I, I get that. So. Come to the table, learn about more what's going on with families and child care in particular, and then figure out a way to apply maybe some of the same ways that they think about their business to support local efforts to develop uh, zero to five education in particular and zero to five child care. That seems like a super practical to do. Right. If uh, Are you getting that kind of engagement from technology companies? Are they supporting? We're just now, we just um, started the business, a, le- a women's be- business leadership council mm-hmm. where we're speaking with Instagram. We got people on there and, and some others. And it's just starting yeah. Um, because we're hearing, we're getting calls because they can't find child care. Okay. And they are living in East Bay and they have to drop the kids off somewhere safe here because yeah. they can't keep going back and forth. So it's becoming, y'all, it's just becoming a problem for businesses to, to fill their vacancies because of this child care issue. And again, yeah. I go back to it's not just a, it's a societal issue. Sure. And I think if we're looking at climate change to you know, how we run our governments, I think childcare is really critical in that. And that's yeah. why it's at the national level. They're talking about it. Yeah, Universal child care. You get no challenge from me here. We have a family of five, three, <laughs> so you three know. kids. We totally know. <laughs> um, is the government in San Francisco helping you out? Are our elected officials supportive of and complimentary to the kinds of things that you care about as an organization? I'm going to say this. I have been working in 40 years in this field of early mm-hmm. care and of, of child and children, youth, and families. Yeah. And San Francisco has always been on the cutting edge with with their um, the child friendly funding that they've had that what is it the fund that they created for San Francisco the Department of Children Youth and Families overseas Mm -hmm. um, the Child's Fund and they invest millions in that so there's a lot of investment for children zero to I would say 24 in our city but you know the zero to five zone has always been a part of oh that's the kind of families issue right I got to figure out childcare for my family. It doesn't level up in a way that kindergarten would, or you know, trying to figure that out. I see. Um, but here, here's some of the issues, and I want to just say this: that if a child is not reading by third grade, the 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 data shows that that child can end up in prison or dead. Mm-hmm. Period. This is not my data. Look it up. This is research, right? And going further upstream from zero to five with books 
and loving learning and play and exposure. Kids go into kindergarten ready. Yeah. They're excited to learn. And we're missing a boat in that, which is more, you know, instead of being K through 12, it's zero to 12 in my view. Got it. Right? If you could snap your fingers and London Breed would do exactly what we wanted to do, what would that be? Is that funding for zero to five? It would be funding, you know, again, I want to say that they've, they just opened up our children, our family's um, department with the mayor's office okay. because she really wants, she's talking about family-friendly city. Uh-huh. It's a, it's, they're talking about it. I'm so excited they're talking about it. The governor is on his desk. It's like this momentum around zero to five now. I'm like, this is more than ever, okay? Yeah. And so making sure that we're part of the decisions as a children's council, we're moving lots of subsidies. We're doing a lot of programs that we're at the table to make sure that families are not lost in the shuffle yeah. and that we're able to provide the services that they truly need to be successful. Because a healthy child is a healthy San Francisco, right? Period. And if we don't think about it as far as exposure and opportunity gaps mm-hmm. early on, then we, we're going to lose more generations than we think. Yeah. I like it's hard for me to understand how you would be a young family and would choose to move into the city of San Francisco. Maybe right. the Bay Area more broadly. Right. Um it just doesn't feel to me like and I'm not as close to it as you yeah, are, but yeah. it doesn't feel to me like our elected officials in in the San Francisco Bay Area do anything to support young children or families with young children. Right, right. Like it really doesn't. Right. So right. you're telling me that maybe no, there's a little hope do. there. No, there is some hope because there's an the office of early care and education that's investing millions of dollars to give subsidies to families. Uh-huh. But I think we're missing a zone. Yeah. So if I'm if I cap out at 117 federal guidelines, I can't make any, you know, get a subsidy. Uh-huh. There's a whole thousands of families that will fall off a cliff. Right. And they decide to leave. If we were able to create a middle zone of funding mm-hmm. where families are making 146, 147 and they won't lose a subsidy and they can get some kind of subsidy to stay here to support childcare. Mm-hmm. That would, that's what we're looking for. And yeah. that's what Benioff and all these other tech companies should understand, that, yes, you're paying well, but they still have to pay 30% of their income in child care yeah. if they decide to stay here and have children. And so what is the choice? I don't want to have kids, Yeah. right? I'm going to leave anyway when I have kids. We don't want that to be an option here. And the Children's Council is here to support that journey from what it, whatever they do. We have a lot of services and support over 120 staff that are on the ground waiting and supporting families wherever they are on that spectrum. Yeah. And and 120 staff, that's big. Yeah. And you focus on San Francisco specifically or the entire Bay Area? We're the Children's Council of San Francisco. Yeah. Yes. And um, what do you say to people that choose to move to Marin or choose to move to Oakland or choose to move to Silicon Valley because they just don't feel like it's a family-friendly city anymore? Yeah. You know, interesting. I, I've um, run across many of those um, individuals and guess what? They still work here. <laughs> they yeah. work in San Just Francisco, commute. but they commute. And mm-hmm. what I say to them, you still work here. You should still invest in children in San Francisco because that investment will make you know will be a better city. You know, if you care about children, you would invest in children, and um, no matter where you live, and because that child could end up somewhere and not supposed to be. No matter where you live, if we don't take care of children today, tomorrow will not look like we want it to look. Yeah. So yeah. Um, this has been a lot of fun in this conversation. I, we always ask one question at the end of this yes. podcast, and that, that question is, on the channels that you spend your time, who do you follow? But before we get there, I want to ask one other question. just wanted to uh, prep you on that one. Um, you said that uh, the Presidio is your favorite place in San Francisco growing up. Yes. Like, you've been here 40 years now. What's the place that you recommend to anybody that comes to the Bay Area for the first time as the neighborhood for them to go visit? Bayview. Yeah. 
Yes. What about Bayview? The shoreline, mm-hmm. um, the possibility, the home ownership that's still there. You yeah. know, it, it existed for decades as the strongest, the first black on home, longest home ownership of African Americans in the city has been with Bayview. Yeah. Um, the beauty is still there and the possibility. It's not super crowded yet. Um, and you still see kids playing and you see, um, you can go along the water, but you also see a lot of different places for possibility. Yeah. Boarded up places and. You know, so there's an investment that needs to happen, and people need to see the real San Francisco. Yeah, and mm-hmm. I think Bayview gives them a real picture of San Francisco. Well, I love that. Uh, what about, what's your favorite park here? Golden Gate Park. You yeah. can still see Buffalo there. You can. <laughs> oh my God, Phil Ginsburg is is passionate about making sure children have a park within a ten minute walk, and I I agree with that. And no matter where you live in the city, you can walk ten minutes to a park. And wow. but Golden Gate Park is my favorite park. Oh, I love that. You can be there a whole day and, and get lost. Yeah. yeah. Thank you. Yes. Um, so, so on the social networks, do you spend time on social networks? I do. Yeah. Yeah. Do you, it is a good use of time. You know, it's it's a good <laughs> use of question. time. You know, it's it's <laughs> a lot of different kinds of news. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so you get what you get. Yeah. But I, I do like posting things about on children, um, what's happening in that organization or parent cafes. I like posting that. Yeah. People get excited. You know, we're a nonprofit. And we still ask for donations to to do meet our needs and do the work we need to do. We have a lot of ideas around innovation and how we can serve children even better. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I follow what's happening at the governor's, you know, different state level, Kappa, um, R&R Network. I want to know what's going on at the state level. Mm-hmm. So we follow those um, social media platforms. We're on Instagram. We're on Facebook. Yeah. You can find us at children's down, childrenscouncil.org. Um, lots of great stuff. Finders at .org. Children, what is that? Child Care Finder. Child Care as Finder. As well. Um, look it up. And again, if families are just contemplating child care, come talk to us. That's you a great know? resource. I didn't come know it was around. So, so give me the one follow that you'd recommend every listener here that they go pay attention to when they're on social networks. The stories, the impact of what we are accomplishing, what's happening across our city. Be concerned. Be mad. Be excited uh, and be involved yeah. because it's going to take all of us, a village, and we're only seven by seven. And you asked me earlier what I love about this city. I love the, the closeness of it, and I love the distinctness of it because you can go to a whole new community and like, oh, my God, I didn't know that was here, yeah. and take your kids and experience that. So that's what this city means to be a child-friendly city that you can go places and explore. You are the most optimistic person I think I've ever met uh, talking about San Francisco, but I'm going to keep pushing you on that. Who's the one follow? Like what's the one organization or the one person on the social networks that you think everybody that listens to this podcast needs to go follow? Right Besides the done? Children's Council? Besides, in addition to the Children's yeah, Council. Yeah, I, um, I think they should go to the Office of Early Care and Education site. Awesome. Because okay. that will sh- talk about subsidies. It mm-hmm. will talk about how the city is really supporting San Francisco. And what are the gaps? Yeah. There are a lot of gaps. Cool. Gina, thank you for your time today. Thank you for offering the time to see me and give me the opportunity. Yeah. We love having you. Thank you. I think for for us, Anil, as we start to think about um, how we get more diverse voices into the podcast, like we might try this more and more where just one of us does the interview. We'd love to get feedback on how something like today went. For sure. And you know, I think there is a lot of talk of, of diversity, et cetera, both within the tech community and outside these days. It's not something I just want to toss out. Uh, it's something that we should we should actually represent. Yeah. I thought today's conversation was fascinating um, because while sometimes it's hard to see 
when you hear somebody like Gina, who's responsible for an organization that's trying to help families find childcare in San Francisco, you start to see how maybe the local government and technology companies can do something to help families. Because gosh, Daniela, like I, I, I'm still struggling with just understanding and feeling this now because my kids are getting a little bit older and we don't think about this the same way. Average families spend about 30% of their income on childcare. And that's, that makes the Bay Area so difficult to live in if you have a family. Between housing and childcare, it is becoming unsustainable for many, many people yeah. to live here. But it's sure is nice to see people that are uh, still optimistic and excited about San Francisco as well. I hope you enjoyed today's conversation. I enjoyed having it with Gina today, and I love doing this podcast with Sunil. If you enjoy the podcast as much as we love doing it, please, on the channel that you found us, rate us five stars, leave a comment. It helps more and more people find the podcast. Thank you.